0: Four, three, two,
1: one.
0: All right, all right, gentlemen. Good to see everybody. Yes, sir. Happy to be able to say that tonight we have the four horsemen all together. We were short-handed last week. Our buddy T-Rock had a last-minute issue come up that uh, he wasn't able to make it, but uh, he was able to get cleared up tonight. So uh, good to have you here, buddy. Appreciate it.
2: Yeah, man. Glad to be on.
0: And uh, we're gonna have some fun, man. We had some, we had a heck of a good time last week uh, talking about this. You know this. So here's the thing: we had a crazy time talking about the wild card. This is a preview show we did for Wild Card Weekend, and uh, and then. Wildcard weekend more than lived up to the hype. I mean these these games were incredible. So we're gonna we're gonna look ahead into you know the upcoming games. But I thought a good way before we do that would be to rewind a little bit and talk about the games uh, from this past weekend. So we'll do that now, and let's have a look at this weekend's games. I will go in random order because I don't actually know the exact times of uh, each of these <laughs> games. Uh, but I can tell you that I believe the first game of the weekend was Seattle Seahawks-San Francisco 49ers.
3: Yes, sir. This was
0: a game we we kind of, look, we we talked about it last week. We know we've got a lot of Seahawks fans. Uh, of the show, easily our most vocal demographic of fans is Seattle Seahawks fans. So we said last week we thought they were going to lose. Uh, we did not think they could pull off the upset against the Niners, but we were rooting for the Niners for, for the Seahawks fans out there. And, uh, you know, we talked it up coming into the game, and long story short, we were right. The <laughs> uh, Seattle could not pull off the upset against the Niners. They gave it a valiant effort. Really, the first half I think was you know was pretty competitive for sure. Yep. Uh, and then it kind of then it kind of got away from them a little bit. So I don't know, uh, T Rock, you want to start this off on just kind of your thoughts? I mean, all of us for people who don't know, like all, we all have a group text. We reference the group text. Literally all day, every day, we're all texting different things. Whether it's just Funny stuff, uh, links to articles, links to videos, just different things to talk about on the show. We've got a ton of stuff, and needless to say, through all these games, nonstop, uh, you know, we're, we're we're talking about stuff. So, T Rock, what, what were your thoughts there on the on the Niners uh, Seahawks game? Uh,
2: you know, <clears throat> my thoughts were 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 two players that uh, nobody expected to be in the position they're at <laughs> at this point in the year. Uh, obviously, Brock. Purdy, yeah. 18 for 30, 332 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. And he looks good out there. Like, he looks comfortable. It's not like... Looks the part. He, he looks the part. Like, he looks like he's 12, but he looks like he's confident. And, I mean, he, he's just commanding the offense, and I don't think anybody saw that at the beginning of the year. Obviously, obviously, things changed throughout the year, but I don't think anybody could have possibly foreseen this right now. So looking yeah. the part dominating, but then the other person that wasn't there, I mean, Christian McCaffrey, what a game changer. I mean, 15 yeah. carries 119 yards. Uh, yeah. You know, I'd, Stupid. You, you just, you take those two players who were not supposed to have any, I mean, obviously McCaffrey wasn't even there at the beginning of the year. And now you've completely flipped the trajectory of this franchise where now everybody is questioning like well, who's the starter gonna be next year do you <laughs> does it does it take you know we're, we I was talking to some guys today, and they said, well, I think Brock Purdy needs one more one more playoff win before they say it's your job i said I don't know that he's i feel like he's done everything he should do to secure this job like I, I feel like I don't yeah. know why you don't give him the the first shot, so in that game, uh, I expected Purdy to show his uh his his immaturity in the position and yeah. I was completely wrong. He uh I mean he just he handled it.
3: That's that's what we talked about last yep, week yep. is that like <laughs> were we are we gonna be surprised if he shows his immaturity. And look that first drive he was not good. It was his receivers that bailed him out. And this is like he he, he wasn't accurate with his throws, but the guys were making the throws and still able to get yards after the catch. I mean it, it, this is a complete team. This is a championship team. This is what happens when when all things are equal the better the better team wins. Like the, yeah. it's you know they had to turn them over, they didn't. Gino has two turnovers. San Francisco doesn't turn the ball over at all. <laughs> you know, Seahawks had a lead in that game at halftime. Remember that was 17-16 yeah. at halftime. So yeah. I mean they hung in there, but it was just, you know, it, they're just too talented.
0: Well, I think too that the thing that's really interesting when we're talking about Brock Purdy is it really demonstrates how important the position you were drafted in becomes in a team's decision making. Because, you know, T Rock, you were just saying about, you know, well, he, he needs to he needs to win another playoff. Or you know, people were saying that he needs to another playoff win before he could be really considered the starter. If that guy had been drafted in the first or second round, whole different mentality toward that, right? They would say, this guy is, is stepping into his own. We really see why we drafted him. You know, he's doing yep. these amazing things. Instead, he's Mr. Irrelevant. So nobody trusts their own eyes when they can see what he's doing. It's like, well, there has to be sooner or later the other shoe's going to drop. And look, it very well may. Nobody's ruling that out by any stretch. But it's just funny that draft position totally affects – The mentality and the attitude and the perception of these players. Because again, a Brock Purdy doing what he's doing as a mid to late first round pick, this guy is going to be the next Tom Brady. Instead, it's, well, he's doing really well, shockingly, though. So let's see if he can actually continue, you know, continue to keep it up. And, you know, it it does, it it plays a big role for sure.
1: You know, you said that people didn't know what they were going to get when they picked him. But I'll tell you what, the one person that did know what they were going to get was LeBron James. He called it. He's the one who basically said, he always knows. San Francisco, go ahead and take this guy uh-huh, uh-huh, right uh-huh. now because he's going uh-huh. to be your future. Yeah. I mean, let's just yeah. be honest. That's what happened. He was the only visionary that saw mm-hmm. it come to fruition. And look, mm-hmm. the guy mm-hmm. played well. We, we saw it. We talked about it last week when we were saying, you know, he can't make the mistakes. He needs to get the ball into the hands of the people that are going to create <laughs> the offense and get it moving. CMC played great. IU played great. Debo Samuel played great. Like, all the people that need to get the ball, he needed to get the ball in their hands. It happened. Their offense rolled. We know that their defense is as good as it is, as advertised. And so, you know, the outcome, it was the biggest blowout all weekend. You know what I mean? It was the game that we knew where it was in hand. Yes, it was close all the way up to the third quarter. And then, you know, they just kept on putting it on them, and then, you know, it was over. So, um, as far as I'm concerned... You know, we can sit there and we could probably pick three teams in the AFC, right? That have a chance to do to go all the way. You know what I mean? Like we can go there. But the NFC, right now, it's I, I believe it's the Niners to to be that team that's gonna show out and represent. Um, because they just they're playing great ball on both sides.
3: Yep.
0: Yeah, hard to argue. And well, we're gonna obviously be talking about the Niners a little bit more since they did win. We'll be looking uh, here in a, in a little bit into their uh, their upcoming game and seeing how they are going to match up against their next opponent, which I think is going to be very interesting. What you got, T Rock?
2: Now I want to just uh, I want to make sure I we, we got to give a shout out to our our Seattle faithful though because the only reason Seattle was even in this game at all was one man, and he's a man. I mean, DK Metcalf is. <laughs> He was setting mm. the tone, man.
0: Mm. He was a tone setter for that team.
2: Like, even if you look at like the box score, you're like, I, I'm not sure they even showed up for the. Oh, there's DK. Okay, like no one's like there's nothing impressive. There's no contribution from anybody else except for <laughs> DK. DK is like, I am going to I'm going to put this thing on my back and I'm going to make it happen. Uh, he he was just a monster, and I mean, like I don't know. I don't think there's enough you can say about uh, his contribution to the team.
0: Yeah, great point. Great point, man. He, he that that dude is a difference maker. <laughs> he's had a physical mismatch for literally everyone on the team, or, you know, on the field who has to go against him. So DK uh, is uh, is a tough, tough player to, to to match up against. He's a he's a
2: nightmare for anyone. Well, like historically, what 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 uh, wide receiver would you compare him to? <sighs>
1: um, I'd say like- because of his size, Megatron. Um, you know what I mean? Because he's Built. He, the guy is stacked. And I think, uh, you know, Megatron would be kind of like with his his size and stuff like that, and Terrell Owens. I think you can compare the two. I, I would put him around those guys that, that yeah. stature wise, physically speaking, that's the the kind of mold that I would get, you know, for, I, for DK Metcalf. Because that boy is big. Yeah. He's strong.
3: I would go Anquan Bolden. Mm. Yeah. Just yeah, that see. toughness.
0: There is a difference there because of how physical he plays. So you have the size uh, you know aspect uh, with regards to a, mm-hmm. a megatron but man it is it is different as it pertains to you know the the physical nature that the guy plays with. It's just very very hard to uh, to be able to beat. so he's uh, he's no joke man this yep. uh, this is a tough man and yeah it's it's hard you're right size wise. You got a TO, you know, you have a Calvin Johnson, but those guys didn't play with the same aggressive physicality no, no. that a DK does. And so, um, yeah, so it's 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 interesting. It's very interesting to see. I'm For having sure. a, a few little technical issues on the camera side, so I'm going to have to just uh, turn the camera off and uh, keep rolling with that. So, uh, so moving forward beyond that game, Saturday, we had – this is Saturday afternoon – the one and only, and maybe the greatest playoff game that we will see certainly this year. (laughs) I will not say San Diego Chargers like I did last week.
2: (laughs) Thank goodness. (laughs) You
1: know what?
0: (laughs) Leading up to the show, I was like, I will not say San Diego. I will not say San Diego. So I'm going to spend 10 minutes now talking about why I won't say San Diego. Um, Sure. L.A. Chargers, Jacksonville Jaguars. And, gents, we had ourselves a heck of a game between these two teams. We called this as a coin flip game on the show last week, and we specifically said, what do you favor? Do you favor talent? Do you favor coaching? Where do you come in on this? And, you know, that was the back and forth. The Chargers, easily the more talented team, and the Jags, easily the better coached team. And in the first half... This was all about the talent, and we talked about this last week. So, I, I, you know, I, I think it's only fair that we bring it back around. So, Jeff, we talked last week about <laughs> your, your history and personal relationship with with Trevor Lawrence. You, you have affected Trevor Lawrence in a way probably <laughs> as equal to possibly greater than his parents' and and you know from the time that you became critical of Trevor Lawrence Trevor Trevor turned his play around and i will say and i and I'd be happy to share some screenshots of the text messages in the first half of the game on saturday uh it was very validating for you uh, in Trevor Lawrence's play it would be challenging to find a worse This guy was the equivalent of the Cowboys kicker in Monday night's game in the first half at at the quarterback position, right? It was as bad as you're going to find someone play quarterback. What what, what did he have, uh, four interceptions in the first half of the game? Four. So brutal. Teams getting completely buried. Uh, You are in your element because this is Trevor proving uh, himself to be what you said he was. I believe there were many texts going back and forth about you laughing about the fact that he was a generational talent. Uh, Mm -hmm. and had really earned his draft stock and and, and the like. And then the second half happened. And then it became the Clemson Trevor Lawrence. And man, what a change that team had in the second half. And the Chargers had absolutely no idea what to do. Not at all i mean who wants to jump in and take this i'm gonna let anybody take this we got a ton that we could talk about we obviously don't want to go all night just talking about last weekend's games but this game definitely deserves some attention
3: well it starts since uh since i'm so uh anti-trevor lawrence apparently even though i said i hope i'm wrong never underestimate the San Diego Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers, whatever charges you want them to be, never yes. underestimate their ability to underperform. You're up 27 to nothing, and you let them come back. That touchdown at the end of the— it's, it's an it's unlosable game. It's an unlosable game for you. That's exactly it. That touchdown that Trevor threw at the end of the half, boy, I said— Ooh, I don't, I don't like that last touchdown pass. Like that just puts them <laughs> back in this game, right? And really, it, it, that's what it comes down to. Five turnovers for the Jaguars. Do you know how many of the Chargers had that game? Zero. How do you lose that? How do you lose that game when you are plus? <clears throat> Five like this is you know we 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 joke about the football gods this this is the football gods coming down and raining down upon the Jacksonville Jaguars because I I would love to see the statistics on plus five and turnovers and still lose the game it's got to be one in a million right like it has to it's just got to be
1: I,
0: you, I don't even I mean, know what if to you say. were the Chargers at halftime and I do think that's part of what probably happened here is that the Chargers just felt like they couldn't lose. Sure. And they, they, they came into that thinking, we can just destroy these guys. <clears throat> Halftime, we're, we're in such great shape. There's nothing they can do. These guys can't get out of their own way. We don't have to do anything to finish them off because they're going to beat themselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, <laughs> not,
3: not the case. Not the case
0: whatsoever. Uh, that what a What a turnaround. What an exciting game to watch.
3: That was crazy. So I mean, that was really a good
1: one. Here's the thing: so people people forget that um, on on Saturdays, Trevor Lawrence is pretty much undefeated, right? Totally undefeated. Stemming, stemming from his his high school, college, all the way you know going to right. the pros, I guess the guy the guy just doesn't lose on Saturday. So you know we failed to to look at that you know statistic going into the game. Right? We should have known better that this guy was going to be able to do what he did, even though he had a horrible first half. Um, You know, Tad, you mentioned about uh, second half adjustments and what teams do. You know, the um, the Monday night game was being broadcast and they did the whole Peyton Manning, Eli and Peyton were talking about it. And something that he said that kind of was I found interesting was that he doesn't he doesn't remember making second half adjustments in his entire career. Like he just remembers going into the locker room, having some oranges you know, using the bathroom, <laughs> blah blah blah, getting back out there and playing. He's like he does like he doesn't understand the concept of second half has second half adjustments. So then, you know, got me thinking, is that just something that's good for TV that a commentator wants to mm. say before they go to the, the locker right. room and when you come out like okay, that's something that we can talk about because you know, let's make the adjustment. But apparently that's not something that happens. So for as far as the Jaguars are concerned, you're right, Jeff. That last uh, that touchdown before the half was kinda was huge. And the fact that, you know, we talk about his four turnovers in, in, in the first half. The one that didn't happen was on that last drive when he threw the ball and uh, Van Noy jumps up, and it's basically in his hands. And, he, you know, he's a lineman. What is he going to do with it? He doesn't know. But that turnover, had that happen. I mean, that ball that was going right at him, obviously this would have been a different outcome of the ballgame because they couldn't stop the clock. They had burnt through all their timeouts, and the game was over. So that yep. one turnover that didn't happen at the end of that game could have been all the difference. Well, it was. I mean, it, you know, obviously they they go down and they score. Ball game. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, guys, I, I, just to throw back to one thing, uh, we have a uh, one of our viewers uh, who's watching the, the live stream on YouTube right now uh, talking about the DK Metcalf situation. He said that he feels like DK is the taller version of Julio. I'm assuming Julio Jones is who he's referring to. So he's saying DK is a uh, a, a taller Julio Jones. So uh, that's another one to throw in the mix there as, I like uh, that. as he's comparable to DK.
3: Way more aggressive than Julio, but yeah, I, I see yeah. that. Like he, he, I think the Terrell Owens, yeah, I think all those are really good. Uh, it's just he's so physical like i it just mm-hmm. reminds me of like anquan anquan was so physical man i loved him i hated him in baltimore but <sighs> oh, man such i a great loved player. i loved him so much so yeah that's a good one good one yeah
1: yeah shout out to the fan bringing that up
0: that's right man
2: um so so, okay. so just so, a just a thought uh yeah. and we'll, i know you want to move on maybe to other games with the trevor thing second half i, I you got to give credit to uh to their their offense their offensive line—they uh, really kept him clean that second half. He got yeah, sure. He got sacked twice in the game. So I mean, that alone, fantastic. But he only got hit five times, uh, and and Herbert got hit like ten. And so they—I think they kept him clean. They tightened it up second half, and yeah. And then, of course, I think just really bad coaching uh, on the Chargers side. Uh, yep. Play calling—they played not to lose, and they. <laughs> Anyway. That's exactly it.
3: Well, you know, and I don't even know so much play to lose because there was like times where they had the lead and they were throwing like two deep passes on first and second down and then like doing a, a handoff and like they would knock off like, I, I don't know, 30 seconds on the play, you know, on the whole game clock. I said, what are you, what are you doing? Like Eckler didn't get involved much. I mean, I I wrote down in my notes who, who let Staley back on the plane, and he, he, he threw his offensive coordinator under the bus because he's no now kidding. no longer with them. So, unbelievable. So,
0: And the thing is, I'll say this. That game was not lost because of the Chargers' offensive coordinator.
3: No, now, no. If you were going
0: to pick one person who had absolutely nothing to do with them blowing that game, it is the Chargers' offensive coordinator. Right. The head coach, definitely. The defensive coordinator, possibly. 100% not an issue with the offensive coordinator. You're just looking for a sacrificial lamb here. I honestly don't think it's a very good look by uh, by Brandon Staley because you just didn't need to make that move. I mean, there's no... Again, if you're not happy with him, you're not happy with him. But honestly, even that, I would wait. I would wait to make that move because it looks like a reactionary move that you're sure. just trying to, to to blame somebody for what happened.
3: Not a good look. Absolutely. All
0: right, so... Moving on now to the Sunday games. And we're going to start with the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. And, gents, we talked about this game last week quite a bit. And it was a pretty sure shot that Buffalo was going to absolutely run away with this. We had a Dolphins team on a third string quarterback. They have no Tua due to his consistently broken head. No Teddy Bridgewater due to his consistently broken everything other than his head. And so they're playing with Skylar Thompson and, uh, no one knows who Skylar Thompson is. They did say that his father showed up to the game, so that was good. And maybe they're meeting for the first time because no one else knows who in the world Skylar Thompson is. And the guy, look, honestly, handled himself relatively well in the game in the grand scheme of things. Like,
3: yeah, he did. They lose were the game for him. Yeah, he no, they were the competitive. Game for him. Yeah.
0: And so if you're if you're Skylar Thompson, you can walk away feeling decent about, you know, how you played in that game and what you were able to, you know, to put together. So, again, could you do better? Absolutely, you know, plenty of room for improvement, but you're you're a guy getting thrown in here and you're making things happen and, you know, to, to keep that team competitive for as long as they were, and they were all the way down to the last, you know, minute. Um, it was an impressive show of, of heart and guts by the Dolphins, and honestly, again, some head coaching issues, miscommunication at the end of the game there on the use of the time and the, yeah. the, the, the down situation there with uh, with head coach Mike McDaniel. So a uh, lot of interesting kind of things to dive in there. So who, who anyone want to touch on anything with that game?
3: Yeah, I, I, I got a few things. So first off, divisional games, man divisional true. games. It does not so matter. I swear. It does not matter. And we probably should have known that going into it and yeah. maybe rethought of it. But what did we say? What did we say was the, we had this conversation. What do the dolphins need to do to beat the bills? And we said they needed to turn them over minimum three times
0: turnovers, turnovers. They man. did.
3: Yep. They turned them over three times. However, they end up having two turnovers themselves. And the Dolphins D gave up four hundred and twenty three yards. Like I said, you can't put this on Skyler at all. Fun fact, he was drafted just ahead of Brock Purdy. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh the fourth and two. Wow. Uh the fourth and two play. You can't take a delay a game there. That's on McDaniel and I getting that play call in. Yeah. Um hey and Bills have got to take care of the ball. Uh, if they want to get past the divisional round, they got to take care of the football.
0: Yeah, look, they they won that game. They won't win any other games playing the same like way that. they played in that game. That's right gonna, they're going to have to be a completely different team moving forward. I think they will be for the record, but they're going to yeah. have to be.
3: Exactly.
1: For as close as the game was um, in the end, uh, you know, and and everything that Skyler did, I mean, listen, you, you cannot not throw the ball when you have Waddle and you have Tyreek Hill out there, right? You got to but the one thing that didn't happen in this ball game that could have separated them was they never established the run. Uh, Loser didn't play that game. Uh, they had to, to rely on Wilson and they also had to rely on whatever creative things that McDaniels did with Waddle and with Hill uh, getting them the ball, try to get them to run the ball as well. So, um, you know, total yardage, they have 42 yards, uh, you know, coming from, you know, from the backfield. And if you can't establish that, we know you're throwing the ball. That, that's a given. You're not going to not try to get the ball into those receivers' hands. <laughs> but they dropped the ball a lot. They dropped a lot of balls that game, and <coughs> Skyler Thompson dropped back 45 times. He launched it 45 times and only completed 18 of those. So, yeah. you know, And that's not yes. your recipe
0: for success. No you, no, you had to know going in that if Skylar Thompson's thrown the ball 45 times, that's a terrible thing. You know you're probably losing. And they just did not execute on the game plan. And you're right, the receivers were really terrible for Miami in that game. I they mean Jalen Waddle so didn't even off. have a catch until what, the fourth quarter or something yeah. like that? Jalen yep. Waddle was yep. a non factor. And by him being a non factor, they could continue to bracket and double uh, uh Tyreek. And you know, you saw Mike Josecki get a touchdown in the back yeah. of the end zone. You know, he did a little bit, but but man, you needed every person to come up big and 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 play their part and and Jalen Waddle didn't. I mean he he above and beyond anyone else just didn't do his job
2: agreed. T-Rock, anything from you on this? I mean, who do you, uh, Kudos to them for staying in it. Yeah. I mean, that's that's sure. to lose by 3 with everything you all just said. I mean, I, yep. You average 2.1 yards per carry <laughs> out of your running backs and your quarterback you averages 4.9 yards per completion. Like I I don't even like I don't know. Like, yeah. well, kudos to you for even being in it. Uh, that's it. They made and it you're... interesting, which I think that's why you love the NFL.
1: Yeah. That's right. Mm. It's because Division Scholar games. Thompson can start,
2: yeah. go 18 for 45. You're running back to go 42. <laughs> and you can still put up 31 points and lose by three. So That's crazy. That's why people watch the NFL.
0: It's yeah. So true. So true. All right. So now we move into... The next game here and the next game is the New York Giants and the Minnesota Vikings. I went out and said 100% in my opinion, this should be a Vikings win and it Uh, was a disaster for the Vikings because really, at the end of the day, the same things happened that always happen, which is they couldn't control the game. Kirk Cousins couldn't do what needed to be done when the game was really on the line. And the Giants had just a heck of a game plan coming into that game. Heck of a game plan. I don't know who wants to take that over, but, man, I do feel like that. The Giants had an absolutely fantastic game plan coming in.
2: Heck of a game plan. When you're watching the game, uh, they – they uh, the Giants said, you know, come hell or high water, we are shutting down one player. And they shut them yeah. down. I mean, Justin Jefferson, yeah. what do have, seven catches? Yeah, I but mean, like
0: 68 yards or something like that? Yeah, like, yeah. Not impactful.
2: No, not not impactful. Seven catches for 47 yards. <laughs> and so, I mean, TJ Hawkinson had 10 for 129. And so they they just came in and said, you know, we don't think – and I can't even, you know. Obviously, cousins didn't, you know, didn't win the game for them, but he was thirty-one for thirty-nine with two touchdowns. Like, this is a he, one rushing TD? He, yep. Yeah, he played really well. Uh, just, just a heck of a game plan by the Giants. Yeah. Uh, they, and yeah. they and they just, yeah, they executed. They executed really well, and I think uh, you know, Daniel Jones probably played some of the best ball I've ever seen him play. Oh my goodness. At that point. Uh, and he went 24 for 35 for 301. But I just thought he, he just played really well. He played really solid, made really good decisions.
0: And that's the dude lot. had some wheels too, man. Oh, I yards watching yard him rushing. run in that game was really yeah. impressive. Exactly so right.
2: or, now, I was joking like I was texting because I, I get annoyed whenever you watch NFL games. or are like, oh, that, and the quarterback takes off run. doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Oh, that's another element of his game. He can run. I'm like, it, of course, yeah, everybody can run, dude. You're, you're a professional athlete. You have to say it for every single quarterback in the league, right? Like, it oh, oh, look at Tom Brady rolls out. You know that's a that's a uh, that's a respectable part of his game. He's not the fastest quarterback, but you know that's the element of his game you have to account for. You're like, you like, he's so you don't savvy. Have, it's so stupid, yeah. You know, but uh, Daniel Jones can run. Uh, he can run. <laughs> no, that man,
0: dude had some wheels. Man, wheels. I was surprised, very yeah. surprised to see what he was able to do. You know, it's funny because we talked about that leading up to it, that it's just, hey, man, put the the ball in the hands of Saquon. And they did that to a degree for sure. But the running game even above and beyond Saquon was such a huge part uh, that, that it was yeah, impressive yeah. to be
3: able to see. Barkley only carried the ball nine times. Now, he did get 53 yards out of it and he got two touchdowns, but Daniel Jones rushed that ball 17 times. That's crazy. Way to go, Mr. Jones. You've earned <laughs> yourself some money this offseason. I, I don't care yep. whether they yep. can't, you know, they, it's a franchise tag or or it's a new contract. He, he earned his money. Uh, I, I don't know what happened to that Minnesota defense. 431 yards you give up. I mean, it, it's. It, it, <laughs> you know they couldn't get off the field on third downs they were giants for 7 to 13 on third downs 2 for 2 on fourth downs couldn't get off the field uh, yeah. you just could not get them off the field so i think uh hefe uh, i think we called this game if i'm not mistaken <laughs> we called the giants
1: yeah so <laughs> he he, here's what here, here on this game alone just to see what what you know daniel jones did and to piggyback on what tim was saying when these announcers are talking about these you know, these quarterbacks and how they're running out of the backfield and stuff like that. Like, you know, we're in the era now of quarterbacks and where if you don't have mobility, right, if you can't get out of the pocket when it's collapsing on top of you to gain those yards or even have a design play to where everything's coming out around you and then, you know, your, your option is to take off. Um, it's It's where you see the Tom Brady's, um, you know, I know we're going to get into that game and stuff like that, is the things that he didn't do that Daniel Jones is able to do that we can see Josh Allen if he wants to take off and run with it, Mahomes, like these guys can run. They don't have to, but they can and they have the ability to to do so where now these are the quarterbacks that you're looking at to move the game even that much further away mm-hmm. from the dropback quarterback that we've had for so long.
0: Very true. Very true. I mean, you really have seen an evolution in the quarterback position. And I feel like, you know, you used to hear a lot about that, uh, you know, five, seven, even ten years ago, um, you know, where it was, oh, man, you really see the – I'm talking, you know, the Dante Culpeppers of the world. And then as we move forward into, you know, these more athletic guys at the quarterback where you could see scrambling Jake Plummer at the same time as Dante Culpepper and some of these guys – but, man, it is the night and day between that type of thing and what we see now, and it's such a valued part of the game. There's no doubt in my mind, at least, that the Giants planned to run Daniel Jones because they thought yep. no one was ever going to think that they would run Daniel Jones. So they knew, man, these fake handoffs to uh, to Saquon, <laughs> Daniel's just going to bootleg that thing and take off, and no one is going to be able to stop it because everyone knew what the game plan would be coming in. And they just went in, in the opposite direction yeah. and he burned them consistently. It was, Fan- yeah, it was fantastic impressive.
3: game plan. Fantastic game plan. Kudos to
1: Dable. He's, uh, he's definitely, yep. uh, a coach. They made the right choice there and he's, uh, he's, it's paying dividends so far. Absolutely. Year one looking good.
0: Yeah. No kidding, man. They, they have a lot of good things happening there and presumably you're only going to get better. So, you know, this is, uh, now again, here in a few minutes, we'll talk about what they have upcoming this, you know, this, this weekend, but, uh, so far, so good for them. So, and then we move into the Sunday night game. <laughs> Sunday night, ouch,
1: ouch, ouch!
0: Baltimore Ravens, Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, look, I'm going to start. I'm going to start this uh, this off just by saying, hey, and, and, and people that listen to the show know. So, T Rock and I are both uh, Ravens fans. We're the, not not a secret. Uh This was a challenging, challenging game because no one on planet Earth thought the Ravens had a chance in this game. I think I saw 18 uh, sports reporters picking, and out of 18, all 18 picked the Bengals. Like This was a no-one thought whatsoever that the Ravens would even be in this game. Last week, I called the Ravens. Uh, and and not only called it as, you know, some people could say it was a homer pick, but I did give the game plan on wh- how I thought they would need to do it in order to be able to, to get the win. And, man, for most of that game, it was exactly Ravens football. Early in the game, the first drive or two, man, Cincinnati was just mowing down the field. It was effortless oh, right. for them. <clears throat> yep. Uh, but then things started to tighten up and, you know, and, and a couple breaks happen, you know, and, and next thing, you know, you got yourself a dog fight and look, I mean, uh, uh, who, who wants to, who wants to jump in and, and handle this one?
3: No, T-Rock. I think you probably should go ahead and go get it off your chest. <laughs> Angry is good.
2: Angry. <laughs> Angry.
3: <laughs> Brutal.
2: Uh, ang- yeah. I, I, I picked the Ravens 24, 21 and, uh, and like you said, Tad, uh, we played Bengals really well this year, and so it wasn't like last year where mm. you know Burrow had, what I mean, a zillion yards, a thousand yards against <laughs> us alone. You know of, yeah. this. Um, yeah. So it, it wasn't. Yeah, I think he had a, he had almost I think a thousand yards just in the two games he played with us. So it 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 didn't have that feeling this year. I thought defensively we were solid. It really just came. We we had to play flawless football to beat them and. Um. Yeah. Yeah, we did. And look, uh, you know, it, it,
0: bottom line is you get to that goal line, right? We all know the play that we're going to talk about. You have a you have a goal line play, and if you're the Ravens, I look. I don't mind the quarterback sneak for the record. Um, it's not what that it's not the play I would have called in that no. position. No. Um, but I definitely don't like the quarterback sneak the way that it was executed.
3: I mean, you guys were at the what? One and a half or two at that point. Well, yeah, I, I, I looked at the tape
2: half. when he leaped. He was at like the four. Yeah, that's so like I, I, I get it. Like, like if you're like the half yard line, you're like, yeah, let me right. just jump and get the ball yeah. over the line. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But like, yeah. what? What's like? I don't know what was going through Huntley's head to go like, well, I'm, yeah. I'm four yards out. Let me see if I can just make <laughs> this leap yeah, man over, over, over these yeah. six foot five, three hundred pound men, and uh, I'm sure I can make this happen. Yeah, and, yeah. And,
0: and and the thing is, you know, if you're a Ravens fan, you're watching this game, and it's like, wow, this is we're at the goal line, we're gonna be able to punch this thing in. You got J.K. Dobbins, you have Gus Edwards, and you have fullback Patrick Ricard. Patrick Ricard, yeah. yeah. And you don't run Ricard, Dobbins, or Edwards in a what? goal line situation was, you try to sneak it with the quarterback.
3: What was it, were any of them even in the game? I know J.K. wasn't like I didn't see Ricard, Ricard wasn't even out there, was he?
0: I don't believe on that play. I don't believe so. I think Gus was back there and maybe as a decoy.
3: I mean, yeah, but why not even whatever? Yeah, yeah. It was bad. And the thing is, it's difficult
0: because you're watching it and it's like every single thing is feeling like the Ravens are actually going to find a way to claw through this with a backup quarterback who's coming off of some injuries and he's only playing to gut it out so that you don't have to play the third string quarterback. And you're just like, oh, my goodness, we are going to find a way to pull this out. And then when Tyler Huntley goes for that, that sneak at the goal line. No, God! No,
1: God, please, no! No! No!
0: That's basically – that's that's actually live sound from my basement uh, when that play happened, and I'm watching the Bengals return that fumble for a touchdown. It's just – it's an unimaginable situation to be in, and that one play literally ends up being the difference in the game completely. I mean, it, it made all the difference in the world, and it should have never, ever happened like that or been in that situation.
2: Now, I'm not a Greg uh, – I'm not a Greg Roman fan, not a – I'm not a fan. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty vocal about that. I think pretty much every time uh, tatarillo and I text about this, I, I just I'd like to see him gone. But it's not because he doesn't. Um, he doesn't show flashes of brilliance. I mean, there are for a majority of. I mean, aside from Huntley's mistakes, Linderbaugh, major- I mean, that was a really good game plan for our offense to take advantage mm-hmm. of where they were weak, and we and we really did play extremely well on the offensive side. Where he has killed me is for some reason when he gets into the red zone, uh, play calling is just horrible. Oh, yeah. when you take out the one year Lamar had, you know, thirty six touchdowns or whatever. You take that year out, you're out it just he doesn't. Once we get in that red zone, he he his play calling is just god awful. Just, and I think this was why? just another example.
3: Of it's that so that. predictable. It. Yeah. Why get fancy though? Like at the same time, like Patrick Ricard is like the number two fullback in the NFL. You you invested in an offensive line. You went out and you got Morgan Moses. Run the ball. Give the ball to J.K. I don't care. Give it to Gus Edwards. I don't care which one. Put Ricard in the regular line up in the eye and run it down their throats. Yep. Stop getting fancy. I, I it just doesn't make any sense. Stop getting fancy. I'm not a Ravens fan, but I'm definitely less of a Bengals fan. So. <laughs> I Was a little disappointed in this game for sure. I, I, I mean, it's hard to put the game on, on Huntley, but his two turnovers—I mean, that was the game. He cost you guys the game. So I, I don't know. Burrow didn't yeah. do anything at, except for not turn the ball over. He just did what he was supposed to do. So yeah. y'all had him on the ropes, and you let him off the hook. That's right. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, it's completely true, man. It was. It was. Uh, it was challenging to uh, to see. So. Uh, Hefe, you got anything on that one before we move on?
1: Just nitpicking on things like Tim. You mentioned Lamar uh, Lamar Jackson's year that he had. um, You know, great uh, efforts in the red zone, stuff like that. Uh, How many of those were um, by his own? You know, his own doing, meaning bootlegs, meaning him creating something. You know, outside of whatever the play needed in order. Yeah, yeah, in order for them to score, right? So the only thing that I would say is that I know. um, You know, at times Huntley has. Um, you know, shown uh, glimpses of maybe being like Lamar Jackson, you can't, I'm not comparing the two whatsoever. What I'm saying is that, you know, you guys drafted him because there were some similarities in his game uh, that would, would pair well that if like how he did with Lamar Jackson being out, he can come in and do, uh, you know, something to what, Lamar Jackson could do. So at that one moment, I, you're right. I don't understand why you're four yards out. You're going to try to jump over the line. Why not bootleg it? Why not use your legs? Come out to the outside, and do something uh, revisionist history, whatever it's over. Well, I know well, the, it didn't work out, but I'm just saying, uh, yes, you could have been more creative when it came down to it with him. If he is supposed to be something that is similar, not quite to Lamar Jackson. Like you, you shouldn't have to be able to change the game plan because he is supposed to be uh, somewhat like Lamar Jackson.